It's like the moon landing. <laughs> That's good it's, stuff. It's how they must have felt when they landed on the moon. <laughs> yep. Pretty, cl- pretty close to that. That's how yep. I've been feeling with this app, although it's been pretty slick most of the time, but then every once in a while, yeah. it's just a little finicky. But then, you know, I go back and forth because it's part of it's it's a little slick, too. It works out pretty yeah. good when it does oh, work. Yeah. So I'd, I go back and forth. But, uh, well, how you doing, man? Thanks for meeting me on here. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, excited for the weekend and feel pretty good. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Thanks for being on. So you you uh, you probably taught a full day today and then lifted, and then now you're talking to me, and you're just like, I just want to go to bed, man. I don't want to be talking about this right now. But oh, you teach today? So actually, we have today and tomorrow off at of school, and then also Monday. So Nice. Yep. So it worked out pretty good. I didn't have to teach, and then gives me a couple of days off. I don't have to take any personal time or anything to travel, so... Oh, yeah. when that when it timed up like that, you must have been psyched. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Because you get precious personal days as a teacher. Yep, you do. So maybe you could talk a little bit about your your teaching situation. Now you're in your first year of full time teaching, correct? Yep, first year full time teacher. Um, nice. Yep. So I'm a sixth and seventh grade physical education teacher here in Fargo. Um. So yeah, I do that full time. And then uh, when I'm, once I'm done with school, I go up and I train over at NDSU. And then so volunteer assistant up there, um, just kind of help out any way I can. And then they allow me to train. So it works out pretty good. That's perfect. Well, Justin has such a huge group always that I'm sure he can use the help to kind of cover some folks. And what, what kind of who have you been working with and, and helping coach? Well, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of, a lot of athletes, obviously. Um, yeah. Men and women. Um, but you know, I don't have any major coaching responsibilities, but I do help a little bit with some of the gliders. Um, nice. A couple of the girls and then a couple of the guys as well. But, um, so that's been kind of cool. He's given me a little bit of uh, freedom there to kind of try a couple of things with them. And so we kind of work together there, but obviously he's still the coach and he does the majority of it, but Every now and again, right. it works to kind of get a different perspective, and and so I think that's a that's a win win for both you guys. I think you know yeah. you can both benefit from that. Yeah, exactly, because he obviously knows it technically, and you know I've been through it, so maybe I can say something a little bit differently to help an athlete out. So yeah, good for you. Well, that's cool. Well, it's cool. That's cool that uh, that worked out as well as it did. I, were you when you were kind of job hunting for teaching then? Was that something you were kind of like, hey, it'd be great if I could teach right here because then I could kind of keep training here? Or were you thinking maybe you'd have to move somewhere else to get a teaching gig? What, how did that process go? Yeah, so I didn't know um, what, what kind of that would look like. Obviously, I think I was really fortunate to get offered a teaching job right away out of college in Fargo. Um, I knew I wanted to throw, and I, want, I knew I wanted to keep training and things. Um, but it just so happened to work out that I got – job in Fargo and I wanted to stick around and I think had I not got a job I probably would have just subbed um and still trained and just stayed in the area and, and subbed and and those things right. that's is that what Riley did yeah so he yeah so what he did is he subbed for a while and then um and he actually now has a half-time PE job over at the middle school in West Fargo so he kind of does okay. a similar thing to me except he just has a little bit lesser of a load at work Okay. Okay. 
Well, very good. And now did they, when you were going to kind of maybe get hired on and stuff, when you're at, you're at the elementary school then, were they trying to get you to coach some high school sports? I'm sure they're kind of like, Hey man, we got this athlete. What can we give him coaching? Yeah, I actually taught or actually coached eighth grade football in the fall. And uh, nice. that was all right. And that was fun. Good opportunity to get to know the kids and build those relationships. And, and yeah, they do obviously want to try me to get, get into more coaching, but I just, you know, at this time, obviously, a first-year teacher, definitely taking things slow and don't want to rush into that, especially with training and, and all that and all that stuff. So, so yeah, obviously, right. long-term, you know, it would be great to get into the coaching world and, and, and that stuff, but definitely not in a rush by any means. <laughs> So no, no, it sounds like you got a, you got a pretty good, you got a good thing going and you're, you're in good shape and stuff. And so it helped out with football. And then did you, did you play high school football then I'm assuming? Yeah. So I'm from Watertown, South Dakota originally. And um, so, yeah, I was, I played football in high school and, and uh, was a tight end slash wide receiver. Uh, it was a little smaller back then ball track and then powerlifting when I was in high school. So that was, that was a school sport we had in the winter time. Uh, where we'd go and we compete in bench, deadlift, and squat. Sweet. So, Very cool. Yep. Nice. How long has that been like a sanctioned high school sport in South Dakota? Um, I think it's it started when I was, um, I think, a sophomore is when it really started picked up, and then most schools kind of got on board with it. Um, but That's a I don't good know alternative if it's... for those for, – you know, if you're kind of a football guy, track guy – uh, you don't get into basketball early yeah. if you're not necessarily into that. It's a really good alternative. You got to be so bonkers to wrestle. Nobody's going to do that. No, I'm kidding. But no, <laughs> right. they, you know, the wrestlers are half bonkers all the time. And you just, and you, it's some of those sports, it's like you got to be so all in on it. And it just seems like powerlifting, you know, you can cut, you know, go and train after school and go to these competitions and stuff. I think that sounds like a really cool thing. I think that is growing. So that's neat you had that opportunity. Yeah, I think it's good to get kids another opportunity to compete in something. And, uh, get stronger leading up to football and track so yeah very neat so so yeah and I remembered that you were from South Dakota because you know again you, you see names coming through as you know I was recruiting while I was at Minnesota and stuff so you're you know when it's your full-time th- gig you're keenly aware of everybody who's kind of coming up and right I, I remember thinking now the name Kurt Schoenfelder that predates you a lot but I'm sure you probably see his name and record books down there still and stuff and right do you, do you know Kurt or know of him I don't know him personally, just know of him. So Yeah. And I'm blanking on now his – I think he went to Huron High School, which is not super okay. close to Watertown. But where's Huron from Watertown? Uh, just uh, just south of Watertown, about an hour. So Yeah, not too far. Yeah, I yeah. feel like he had, he had some roots around there too. But, yeah, yeah, we were teammates. And so, yeah, Kurt was a good – shot put and discus guy. He ended up throwing the hammer pretty far too through the college disc pretty far. And we, we overlapped most of our career at Minnesota. And yeah, there's been, there's been some good throwers coming out of South Dakota in the past few years for sure. Yeah. Recently there's been like a slew of guys. Yeah. yeah. I saw that, that, uh, that Lemke is out at Washington and he threw far now. He threw yep. like, he's doing well, 64 feet. Yeah. I yep. home visited him when I was still at Minnesota. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I was hoping to, to get him to come. But yeah, he yeah. lives right out. Like if you know Sioux Falls at all, 
I oh, remember yeah. he lives, he lives right in this main strip and I won't give away his address or anything, but I remember pulling in like I had to get out of his driveway and I felt like I was backing out onto like interstate 90. I'm like, I can't <laughs> get, I, I mean, just Sioux Falls traffic, you know, cars are right. flying. I'm like, I'm going to die and get out of this guy's parking lot. But yeah, it was just a really nice family. And so then when you see guys like that, who, you know, I've been in the guy's home, you know, it's been years since I've talked to him, but then right. you, know, you see him kind of evolve in his throwing. And I, I had a similar experience with you where I kind of knew you early in your career at NDSU and, Right. And then, you know, then really, man, started catching on and catching fire. And so I'm curious to hear your evolution at, at NDSU in terms of like Justin St. Clair's timeline with coming in there and how that right. affected things. And so who recruited you and who coached you your time there? Was he there your entire career? Yeah. So when I was a senior uh, and I was being recruited for track, um, Justin recruited me. I was in his first recruiting class. Uh, for NDSU he was there one year prior to when I got there um, and then I was in I was a part of his first recruiting class so so yeah he was there um, I pretty much knew I was gonna be gonna do track in college uh, after my sophomore year of high school um, so so yeah and then took a visit to NDSU and a couple other places and uh, just definitely got along great with with coach St. Clair and just his vision for what he wanted to accomplish and mine really fell in line. And so definitely loved every step of the way I had there and led to a good career. So, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And you saw the kind of evolution of his group, that kind of culture take hold. And I'm sure you were a big factor in building that culture then, because it is such a kind of a collegiate unique culture and that gets built around those core initial people right and i'm sure yeah. you're a big part of that oh, good for you well now you said you were like oh, i'm gonna be a college thrower pretty early on you're like i'm a sophomore this is what i'm gonna do now if i recall that's right did you throw pretty far early in your career so i was i think i took third in the state uh, my sophomore year and then i won the state in double a my junior and senior year um and then how far were you throwing those years like what what was your progression from sophomore junior senior year Sophomore year, I think I threw it um, 53, I, I believe, and then junior year was 56, and then senior year was 60. Um, yeah. And so I was like hitting from a, from a Go ahead, sorry. You know, yeah, senior year I was hitting 60 like every meet, and I just never quite had that breakout. So you were, you, you were saying that you were gliding pretty consistently right at 60, and you were like, I never caught that big one, but you felt like you had a big one in you. So yeah. you know, your PR was only 60, or not only 60, but right. you know, you're going – because, yeah, I mean, you hear, okay, 60-foot high school glider now gliding the college shot. Your PR is 19 high. Yeah, 1962. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, you, you made that transition to the college shot and never took the bait and switched to the to the spin. You right. Just, you held strong, and you're a purist glider. I love it. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know. We, we kind of messed around with it a little bit that first year, and and – and I, I don't know, I kept making uh, kind of some gains and some strides gliding. And uh, I don't know, we just, we never made the switch and just kept on going with it and kept on getting better every year. So, um, cool. yeah, I definitely don't, I don't regret it. Uh, you know, I still feel like I can't, I got a lot more left to prove. And, and, uh, and yeah, I think throwing 60 feet in high school and then going above that 64 uh feet five inches or whatever in college and and kind of being consistent and yeah i i definitely don't regret staying with the glide no, not at all well and i think a lot of throwers respect that that i mean it's to to 
you know, stay the course on it the whole way through and, and, uh, you know, and then the consistency that that does provide you, if you're able to, to get to yourself to that point at the glide, you know, then you can really rock out those throws often and regardless of climate and, you know, it's raining, oh, the gliders are happy, it's raining, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure that you ran into that at meets. and oh, yeah. But, yeah, that at the end of your career, then you made the outdoor national your last year and finished where? Finished where? Yeah. Yeah, so last year um, I finished eighth at the national meet. Um, nice. So you made first team All American then, the way yeah. they do it now. Yeah, first you. team, first team All American, and then I made the indoor NCAA that year, and then the year before I made the outdoor. I didn't make the final. Uh, my sophomore year, I missed going to Eugene by a quarter inch. Uh, uh, I, yeah, there was a bunch of guys that kind of got caught up in all that. Yeah. There was a bunch of guys that was really close. Exactly, I remember that. Yeah, it was a good comp that year. I think I threw eighteen sixty-five, and um, yeah, most years would have made it, but you know that's the way it is. So definitely yeah. kept me hungry and kept pushing for more. Well, and that's something that a lot of people might not realize. That was when we were down in Austin, right? Yeah, that was down in Austin. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of people who maybe aren't at those meets might not realize that, like, that was out on the infield at Austin, and the two circles were going on at the same time. And so to keep straight of who was where and all that stuff. And I had a guy in there and he hit a throw early in the cop and I was like, well, he'll make it. That was, you know, and then, I mean, it was, he was in until the last like flurry of about 10 throws of these two different circles going on at once. And I was like, Oh shit, I think he just got passed. And yeah. I mean, it was really, it happened yeah. in a really quick flurry. And remember there being like four or five guys all caught up. Well, that's not a normal competition when you essentially have two circles going on. So you don't right. even, you don't get a chance to really respond to some other throw because it's 50 yards away from you you know that's really bizarre so no I I do recall that well I'm glad that then you had more time and you got a chance to make it and make first team all-american and stuff that's a huge accomplishment and the way the NCAA shot has been now I mean that's no joke you make that final at that meet that's like a world-class meet every year now so yeah yeah that was yeah that was definitely um great experience and and I you know I'm still bummed I I feel like I had one throw that I'm not sure where it got marked at that meet, and oh, and you I think you got you, you a little mismarked controversy here, Alex. Yeah, is, ooh, yeah. drama. I think I you know, know what it is. You know who did it? It's like, was it in Eugene? Yeah, it was in Eugene. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say uh, it. I mean, I'm not gonna say uh, it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> no, it's uh, that's all here. But I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm joking. It, no. They mar- they missed a throw though. I mean, they like marked the wrong mark. They marked the wrong yeah. throw. I mean, that happens. So I was yeah. told my first throw in finals. I was told I had, I just creamed a throw and I and I knew it was good. And they measured it at nineteen twenty. And I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. And and I had different coaches come up to me after the meet and they were. Say, uh, all what did, how far were they saying they thought it was? It was just shy of twenty, like nineteen eighty yeah. or ninety. Yeah. But how many you know, spots would have that moved you up? That would have placed me about fourth. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, first team All American either way. At least it would have been different if you had been like you yeah. know, ninth or eleventh, yeah. and you knew exactly. you had that one out there. Well, that's that's yeah. good at least. But yeah. Yeah, was it a laser? Was did they measure with a laser? Yeah. We'll, we'll clean that up when we edit it and that's put right. it on there. We'll we'll smooth yeah. it out. But yeah, so so you were you you were saying that you were gliding pretty consistently right at sixty, and you were like, I never caught that big one, but you felt like you had a big one in you. So you yeah, know, your PR was only sixty, or not only sixty, but right. you know, you're going because yeah, I mean, you hear okay, sixty foot high school glider now gliding the college shot, your PR is nineteen high. Yeah, nineteen sixty two. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, you, you made that transition to the college shot and never took the bait and switched to the, to the spin. You right. just, you held strong and you're a purist glider. I love it. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. We, we kind of messed around with it a little bit that first year and, and, and I, I don't know, I kept making uh, kind of some gains and some strides gliding and uh, I don't know, we just, we never made the switch and just kept on going with it and kept on getting better every year. So, um, yeah, I definitely don't, I don't regret it. Uh, you know, I still feel like I can't, I got a lot more left to prove and, and, uh, and yeah, I think throwing 60 feet in high school and then going above that 64, uh, feet five inches or whatever in college and, and kind of being consistent and, yeah, I, I definitely don't regret staying with the glide. No, not at all. Well, and I think a lot of throwers respect that, that, I mean, it's to, to, you know, stay the course on it the whole way through and, and uh, you know, and then the consistency that that does provide you, if you're able to, to get to yourself to that point at the glide, you know, then you can really rock out those throws often and regardless of climate and, you know, it's raining, right. oh, the gliders are happy, it's raining, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure that you ran into that at meets. and oh, yeah. But, yeah, that at the end of your career, then you made the outdoor national your last year and finished where? Finished where? Yeah. yeah, so last year um, I finished eighth at the national meet. Um, nice. So you made first team All-American then the way yeah. they do it now. Yeah, first you. team, first team All American, and then I made the indoor NCAA that year, and then the year before I made the outdoor. I didn't make the final. Uh, my sophomore year, I missed going to Eugene by a quarter inch. Uh, uh, I, yeah, there was a bunch of guys that kind of got caught up in all that. Yeah. There was a bunch of guys that was really close. Exactly, I remember that. Yeah, it was a good comp that year. I think I threw eighteen sixty five, and um, yeah, most years would have made it, but you know that's the way it is. So. Definitely yeah. kept me hungry and kept pushing for more. Well, and that's something that a lot of people might not realize. That was when we were down in Austin, right? Yeah, that was down in Austin. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people who maybe aren't at those meets might not realize that, like, that was out on the infield at Austin, and the two circles were going on at the same time. And so to keep straight of who was where and all that stuff. And I had a guy in there and he hit a throw early in the cop and I was like, well, he'll make it. That was, you know, and then, I mean, it was, he was in until the last like flurry of about 10 throws of these two different circles going on at once. And I was like, Oh shit, I think he just got passed. And it was really, it happened in a really quick flurry. And remember there being like four or five guys all caught up. Well, that's not a normal competition when you essentially have two circles going on. So you don't even, you don't get a chance to really respond to some other throw because it's 50 yards away from you you know that's really bizarre so no I I do recall that well I'm glad that then you had more time and you got a chance to make it and make first team all-american and stuff that's a huge accomplishment and the way the NCAA shot has been now I mean that's no joke you make that final at that meet that's like a world-class meet every year now so yeah yeah that was yeah that was definitely um great experience and and I you know I'm still bummed I I feel like I had one throw that I'm not sure where it got marked at that meet, and oh, and you I think you got you, you, you little mismarked controversy here, Alex. Yeah, ooh, yeah. drama. I, I think you know, know what it is. You know who did it? It's like, was it in Eugene? Yeah, it was in Eugene. Oh, well, I'm not gonna say it. I mean, I'm not gonna say uh, it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> no, it's uh, that's all here. But I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm joking. No. They mar- they missed a throw though. I mean, they like marked the wrong mark. They marked the wrong yeah. throw. I mean, that happens. So I was yeah. told 
my first throw in finals, I was told I had, I just creamed a throw and I and I knew it was good and they measured it at nineteen twenty and I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. And and I had different coaches come up to me after the meet and they were say, uh, all what did, how far were they saying they thought it was? It was just shy of twenty, like nineteen eighty yeah. or ninety, yeah. but how many you know spots what, would have that moved you up? That would have placed me about fourth. So oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, first team All American either way. At least it would have been different if you had been like you yeah. know, ninth or eleventh, yeah. and you knew exactly. you had that one out there. Well, that's that's yeah. good at least. But yeah. yeah, was it a laser? Was did they measure with a laser? You were saying so. Yeah, in high school, it was like you just would be up off the ground because you'd explode up and not be grounded at all. Yeah, and I think just learning the technique and um, like really taking time to study and you know, figure out what I need to do to make it work. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what made the difference for me. And now I can actually use that ability in a way that works for me. So do you non-reverse a lot of throws? Yeah. So in training, I'm about 50, 50, I non-reverse and then reverse uh, about half and half in training. And typically I can add about a meter with a reverse. Um, but yeah, I think, the reverse really came around when I learned how to non-reverse effectively too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not so, yeah. interesting. You like, you go back. Yeah. You work, you reverse engineer it almost. <laughs> you yeah. got to learn how to non-reverse so you can learn how to reverse. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. So when you do non-reverse stuff, do you throw heavy shots then? Yeah. So we, yeah. So I, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I non-reverse 50, 50 either way. Yeah. Either, yeah. So if I throw, uh, 20 throws in a practice, all non-reverse 10, you know, that's yeah. just, I'll just kind of non-reverse one, then I'll reverse another. And, and I think just for the sake, for the sake of timing and, and things, it's, if I, if you reversed every throw, in my opinion, it just, it's really easy to get sloppy and, and if yeah. you reverse, you can't get away with it. So yeah, you're reversing just for the sake of reversing at that point, kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when, what's the heaviest shot that you'll throw? Uh, we'll throw twenties, um, yeah. and I, you know, and you'll reverse those too. Yeah, typically, not very often, but I'll yeah. a couple, and um, those are more so in the early season and and things. I mean, now we're usually just eighteen, fifteen, or sixteen, fourteen. So now, with you being so dynamic, I would think of you know, kind of that that leaping ability and that kind of thing. And that not necessarily being like a guy who then just bangs out like huge stand throws. I mean, people think like, Oh, gliders, they can all stand throw super, super far and stuff, but you're not a real tall guy, you know? So it, how, how far, like what's the biggest stand throw you're warming up at a meet and you're like, Oh shit, I just stood throw. Right. You know, stood, how far, like, what do you think the furthest you've ever done a stand throw? Man, I've had a couple of stand throws in, in pre like pre comps that were, like 61, 62, wow, like yeah. no joke. So I don't, so I don't know. It's, and you'd think that with the glide, like in those comps, I, I can put it, put it more together, but who knows? That's, that's what's so weird is I typically do have a pretty good stand throw, but, um, but yeah, it's. Well, but yeah. that's, but, but again, I mean, you're still, if you're, if you're out there, you got throws, you know, kind of 19 high, 1985, close right. you know, marks out there at major meets less than a year ago out there close to 20 meters. Right. That's, you know, and you feel like, man, I, you know, there's more there yet. Then that's yeah. not, you know, that's no, you can do it, man. Well, it sounds like you're just, you know, scratching at it ready to catch a big one. Yeah. Inside, right? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it. I feel like I, I, I still haven't shown fully what I can do. And, 
and he's super excited to be on the, you know, Velocity team. And, and it just, it's really reaffirming that, you know, I can do it. And with this weekend coming up, it's just such a great opportunity, you know, to go against some awesome competition and kind of show what I can do. So looking forward to it and definitely can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, neat. Well, we've been looking forward to talking with you and stuff too. And I, I know, I, and I'll say on here the same thing I told you when we talked uh, in person just the other day, which is that, you know, having seen you interact over the years, you know, Minnesota and North Dakota State end up at a lot of the same meets. And yeah. as, as Justin's group was, was at, you know, really growing and getting awfully, awfully good. I was sweating big because we had a good group going at Minnesota and I'm just going, yeah, oh, I got this yeah. guy in my backyard, you know, but we would have some really nice meets when you guys would roll down just those two squads alone could yeah. put together a pretty nice meet. And I just, you always carried yourself real well and just really a neat guy. And Justin's such a respected and good guy and gotten to be friends with him. And so then, you know, it just seemed to make a lot of sense. And so for all those reasons, you know, we're really rooting for you and want you to, to do well. And we're uh, just happy to partner with you in any way that we can. So we'll uh, travel safe and, and get catch that big one this weekend. And uh, we look forward to following it and, and helping you uh, hopefully celebrate afterwards and, uh, yeah. and be, be cheering you all along the way. So uh, yeah. keep, keep us updated and, and uh, uh, good luck out there. Yep, I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on. And, um, we'll definitely be in touch. Yeah, we'll talk again soon on here. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank Good you. Catching up. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Take care, Alex. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye.